Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Game Changers, brought to you by Watch Your Game. In this series, I aim to explore the minds of people working in the Web3 gaming industry. For more Web3 gaming, live play, interviews, and reviews, check out watchyourgame.com. Game with a three. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Hello everyone. And welcome back to Game Changers, brought to you by Watch Your Game. Today we're talking to Johnny, a Web3 influencer and founder working on a lot of stuff. So Johnny, what's your backstory? Hey, thanks for having me, by the way. Um, excited to jump on here and share some value. So um, this will be a good, uh, I don't know how long it's going to go. It's going to be a great <laughs> session, though. So we'll kind of jump into it real quick. Uh, my backstory, so obviously in the gaming space is where it started. You know, I've I played games way longer than I was in the crypto industry. So I've uh, been gaming since I was, you know, I don't know, six, seven years old on the N64, the Sega Genesis at that time. Um, you know, the consoles were much different uh, than they are today. And then, um, I don't know, I always call it, I, I came up during the glory age of gaming, like Xbox 360, Gears of War, Halo, the Call of Duty, the run that Call of Duty had up until Black Ops 2, the games were just spectacular. And I don't know, I just fell in love with the competitive side of it. I did a lot of esports stuff before esports was really like big on game battles, which they're shutting down. It's very unfortunate to see. Uh, I, I, I hate to see that because I spent a lot of time as a kid there. And then um, when I went to college, I just didn't have enough time to play video games anymore. So like during that four year period, I just could not find the time between like classes and like having a social life to, you know, find time to play games. The last year of college for me is when Fortnite came out. So all of my friends started buying consoles, buying PCs, and like they started playing again. And I was, I, I kind of jumped in, played a little bit. Fortnite wasn't really my thing, but then 2020 came around and we all know everyone was inside, at least, you know, if you were in those types of most, I guess, yeah, most of the world. Uh, we were inside and I started playing Warzone all the time. And that's the Call of Duty Battle Royale. So I was back in the esports game, back like competing. I was playing tournaments, all that stuff, because I had so much time to do so. Um, all the while, I got involved in crypto back in 2017, got absolutely crushed. I had no idea what I was doing. And, you know, it happens to us all at some point. And, uh, you know, I kind of bag held some of the weird altcoins uh, to the bottom. But I was like, you know, this has legs. I can see where this industry has um, some value to it. And then early 2021 came around and it's the classic story. Like I'm playing games, I'm keeping up with crypto. I think it's a good investment after 2020 crypto had done pretty well. Uh, but then I found Axie infinity. And although I didn't think Axie was a great game, I saw the concept like, okay, the things in my inventory I own and I can do things with, and I could potentially transact those for value. And that's all that I care about because I don't care about the profits from a video game, but I would like to monetize my time. And it was a, it was an inflection point for me because I was playing Call of Duty Warzone. I was buying all these battle passes and stupid skins and I was wasting my money. You know what I mean? And all the, all the inventory stuff I worked for, I literally felt like it was useless. So um, that brought me to web three gaming. And, and for the last, like, I don't know, two and a half. Yeah. I was going on three years here. Uh, that's been my sole focus is the crypto gaming space. It's a lot going on in that backstory that we'll definitely be pulling at some of those threads, especially kind of the stories across which games you've been playing as well. Definitely try and get into that a little bit more. 
Yep. But you touched on it lightly near the end. But what is it that you are working on right now? Yeah, of course. So right now, obviously, I host a YouTube show. Um, it's incorporated with the Crypto Banter channel, but we have our own channel in the game. Um, so we cover Web3 gaming, you know, from a, from a whole perspective. We'll talk about tokens. We'll talk about NFTs. We'll talk about gameplay, etc. I also have this thing of ours, which is my NFT gaming community. So we have uh, 2000 collection on OpenSea, etc. Uh, but mainly it's just for Web3 gaming enthusiasts that are interested in gaming, investing, sharing information, sharing you know products that they're looking at, et cetera, and really just making the most out of this industry as a group. And then uh, the newest product that I'm putting out, which is more of a product than a community, uh, is Nexus. And it's because I feel like the information in the industry is hard to get all in one one place. Like you have to go through different platforms to verify is that the right token? Is this the right NFT? What does this NFT do in the ecosystem? How many users do they have? It usually takes you to four or five different websites to be able to verify these things. So we kind of want to make a one-stop shop for on-chain and and like asset metrics in the gaming space. So that way, like a GameFi investor or a player can come in and feel at home, making sure they're getting all that core info in one spot. I think that's a great point getting everything in one place because the sayings always do your own research but that is actually difficult and people don't want to so helping them make that easy by putting it in one place definitely has value for those people yeah we and could then, say we could say do okay. your own research but then they'll say how yeah <laughs> well it, it's always the thing do your own research well i could google it but then i'm just flopping around not really knowing what's going on exactly and then um, you did touch on it slightly, and it was interesting, your explanation of Axie, that it wasn't so much earning, but more value for your time. You're always confidently upfront about gaming tokens and their kind of aspect within the ecosystem, which does make you a little bit rarer within the Web3 gaming influencer circle. I know I don't touch on tokens. Personally, I'm an accountant in real life. And I do enough of that stuff and I don't want to go anywhere near any on the night. Yeah. But I think for others, it can be a little squirrely. So what makes you so confident about always mentioning the tokens and what do you see them adding to the game that you feel that you need to share all of that information? Yeah, so um, in Web3 Gaming, obviously we all, everyone will tell you the game is the most important thing. The if the game's not good, it's not going to work, this and that. But at the same time, on the game side, why are they building in Web3? They need to have a strong economy. They need to have assets that are worth you spending money on and grinding for and potentially to be able to get involved with. So it's a two-pronged approach. If they just wanted to make a good game, they could go to Web2, put it on Steam, and it could just be normal, right? But at the same time, these games are here to delve into the economies. And... I do see that opportunity out there because a lot of people will just play games. They won't talk about tokens, but there is a market. And honestly, in Web3, there's a bigger market right now for the investors and the speculators. And people get hurt with these tokenomics. Like a lot of these tokens, unfortunately, are so new that there's vesting unlocks. There's inflationary tokens. There's deflationary tokens. There's different things in these tokens. And you know, it, it's one thing to play a game and really enjoy it, but you also need to know the other side of how these tokens factor into the ecosystem. What does Gala do for their ecosystem? What does this token provide? What's the upside potential? 
Um, so I think it's important to inform on the economic side, which is the tokens and the assets, just as important as the game side. So I don't know, my experience with gaming, like whenever I got into the space, it was just so easy to pick up on like, okay, that game looks good. It looks comparable to this. The market cap is not probably what it should reflect based on the quality do some comparisons to other products in crypto and you're like okay i could see that having upside so i just do it on a value proposition like if something's strong it looks good i'll look across the space if it's undervalued versus one of like the bigger players then i think it has legs so i guess that's where that confidence comes from and i think it's an information gap because i think a lot of people are scared to talk about tokens and it's not like we're out here endorsing like buy this buy this buy this but it's more about saying like these are things that i'm looking at and i'll give you the reasons for it and it's me kind of doing the research for you it's the influencer game is tough because a lot of people will just get into what you talk about but i'm much more on the lines of like i'll give you the sheer facts no bias and you know make your own decisions from it i think that's definitely got a gap for people who want to get involved with that side because there's so many games now and it's a good problem and I think I'll we'll touch on it a little bit in the in the podcast but there's so many to keep up with and they're all trying something different because we haven't seen one that kind of works and in terms of you mentioned that you kind of look at the quality of the game where it's market cap sitting do you are you already seeing that some games there's just complete divide between what the game's like and what the tokens and the NFTs are like. And do you see us getting to a point where they actually make a bit more sense that people judge the token a bit more on what the studio's outputting? Or do you think we'll carry on for a while where for a lot of places that they just seem kind of disconnected? Yeah, man, I, I definitely see that because hosting like the YouTube show and me being more, you know, I'm, I'm definitely in the weeds with the tokens, uh, the chat box, man, they'll still talk about some crap game tokens. And for some reason, like you go pull up the chart and it's like pumping, but it's because of tribalism. So like people in Web3, they're so attached to the things that they enjoy and they like. And if you don't talk about their bag, they're going to force it on you. Right. So yeah I, I think there's a big disconnect we see random games crap products just pump all the time and um i definitely hate that and i hate when someone with an influence goes out there and starts promoting something that literally has no legs or no value behind it it, it really irks me because like it's not like it, it's it's much easier to go in pr promote something garbage and then people follow into it but um, i think that's one thing like a lot of influencers don't care about that part uh, but yes, I think eventually we will see the token more correlated to the product because we're still new in this industry where not all these games have officially failed. Like some of them are still swimming, but they might be on their last legs. If that token pumps, though, they're trying to get that sentiment back. So as time goes on, and it might even be like, it might be after the bull run this next time, like the full-blown bull, we might see another cycle where random garbage still goes as they'll say to the moon but i think that after that we'll start to really see who's cut out to be here for the long term and in terms of kind of the next bull run coming up do you think that we're likely to see because because one thing we're at the moment is in terms of games development cycle they're all quite early we're seeing some of the bigger projects get to a point where they can share something meaningful 
But if they've released something previously too early in terms of maybe an NFT or token, do you think that we'll, we'll see that these games, as they launch more product, maybe they'll have a second wind? Or do you think it's more likely that projects which have held off releasing anything and release at the same time, kind of in time with the bull run, end up kind of dominating the market a bit more? I think it's probably 50-50. Like, I'm much more bullish on stuff that has been transparent, building throughout the time period. Like, I can't stand if I go to a project's Twitter and there's no tweets for like three months. Like, what are you doing? Are you are you really, uh, you know, what are you building for? Are you building for the WAGME uh, 100x bull run profits and your community's going crazy? Or are you actually here to build product, product that's quality that people are actually going to use regardless of the markets? Because like, yeah, sure. Can you get rich in a bull run running a project and you have these tokens and they go up and you have your treasury wallet? Absolutely you can. So a lot of builders are going to flock back to the space, act like they've been updating their game and stuff like that. And I don't really, I don't flock to that type of stuff. I know that there will be people that do. And um, that's just not, I, I like the ones that have been updating throughout more partners, more products inside their ecosystems. So um, I still think crypto is so new that people will still fall to the wayside, like the fall to the traps of dead projects, then just reigniting marketing and, and pushing whenever the market's hot. Um, but af like I said, maybe after this cycle, we see people more focused on quality products. Cause like I said, my YouTube chat, it's full of, oh gosh, the stuff they'll throw in there. I'll look at the gameplay or like the product. And I'm like, what are you investing in? You know what I mean? I think it's uh, I think that's definitely a surprise it's like that. I know so far I've avoided too many traps, but I'm pretty risk averse to start with. So I think that's that's kind of kept me kept me a little bit safe right now. Obviously, don't look at my wallet because it's full of random rubbish that I have bought and has gone to zero. But that that's the, just the fun of it, you know. I'm not upset yeah, yeah. by by anything particularly. Yeah. Here for the tech. <laughs> um, and then in terms of kind of spotting that gap in terms of making the connection between people who are interested in the game fire, the investment side, as well as the gaming, and then your creation of this thing of ours, the NFT gaming mafia, just reading it off the, off the profile. What yep. made you want to make that? What did you see that was like, I should do this and this is how I can get more people around me with similar interests? Yeah. So the NFT bull run of 2021 occurred and we all saw there was half the time, nothing backing it. Like there's no value accrual. There's people will say, I remember every NFT project at one point, we're building a game. We're building a game. Like how many of those actually came out with the game? 99% no, but uh, it was just one of those things where I saw an avenue and I'm like, well, what at the end of the day, what is an NFT? It's either a verification of ownership or membership. Like you, it, sh it should be the past that it's a membership. You can't share it with anybody. It's it's unchangeable. If you sell the membership, you you lose access to the group. It just made a lot of sense. And um, in the bull run last cycle, I uh, my following grew really rapidly uh, because of the market. Crypto gaming got hot. I was covering that sector, and I was talking about a lot of tokens. So like my audience started getting a little too big. I had a free telegram group and we turned it into a paid discord for a couple of months. Uh, but when the market turned around, I saw an opportunity, like they shouldn't be paying monthly for a discord. 
let's turn this thing into an NFT. Let's make it a membership pass. And then we can do so many cool things. We do a fundraise. We put some of that money back to utility and we were able to do that. Like we have uh, assets, like we have a lot of assets that we kind of run and, and utilize for the community, let people play games with them, uh, let people, you know, rock the PFPs that we have in our treasury, uh, play on the lands like Heroes of Mavia, My Pet Hooligan. We, have, we got a lot of different stuff. So uh, we've utilized those for tournaments, events, uh, people to just get their hands on and be able to uh, kind of lend them and be able to play inside some of these ecosystems. So those are some things we couldn't do with a paid group and it just didn't allow those things. So um, we turned it into an NFT project. We launched last August in 2022 uh, and we did just hit a thousand ETH traded. So uh, we're, we're continuing to push forward, trying to add more utility for those users. But all in all, we just saw it as a membership and if it's in the crypto space, why not make it an NFT, you know, roll with the culture? Definitely. I think the idea of picking something that people are already interested in, like you can pay for Discord and gaming groups anywhere, but you're in Web3. NFT totally kind of makes sense in terms of that. And yep. with that, do you, what kind of role when it comes to games needing support? And we know that there's a lot of, like you already mentioned, a few PvP games, which their their first struggle is they only get one P. There's no PvP at all. It's just a single P. You log in, you, yep. can't, you can't play anything. How do groups kind of like the one you founded help with games? And, and how do you think games should utilize these groups, but not in a way that we kind of saw guilds i don't want to say i don't want to blame them for things that the market was there for them to kind of work the system but how, how do you think they can work more collaboratively now in a way that isn't just about guilds getting rich off scholars yeah i think back then it was just everyone who participated made money that was the difference right like all you had to do was play and you'll earn like it was just not sustainable and i caught it too i was like man I'm not even winning and I'm making money. How is this? <laughs> what's happening here? You know what I mean? I think all in all competition, like uh, we announced a tournament today uh, with a project and we've done tournaments in the past. We're doing something coming up with uh, AI arena. Um, and like, there, there's probably going to be some stuff we put together for shrapnel. We're partnered over there with Nexus with them. Uh, probably do something with Alluvium, their new PVP mode. So there's a lot of things. I, I think competition and just making it fun for everyone who's going to reign supreme in the community. And like, that's where we've found success. We've, we've done play sessions too. So like if a game really wants to get some testers in there, we obviously make sure it's a, something that we all know about, not some download scam. Um, and then we, we get them in the server. They kind of give people a tutorial and then we'll just kind of play against each other. So it kind of gives them that natural feedback loop outside of their echo chamber, which is the best because in a game server, like a single NFT game, they'll just be like, oh, this is the best, yes. And if you, you speak something negative, it's not taken well. But outside the group, they're much more open to that type of feedback because it doesn't live inside their server. So like they're okay with the open feedback. So that's what we've seen. So either either like a collaborative session where we're giving feedback to the game, like in, in real time, like in the voice chats, or where we run a competition like a tournament. I think that last point of feedback is kind of so undervalued in the space that I did a did a thread a while ago which was along the lines of I'll break your heart and I wanted people to pick their favorite games and I would tell them why it was going to fail um obviously yeah. a bit of hyperbole in there but 
every single person who posted a game was a founder or a member of the project. And they literally just wanted negative feedback. They were like, I'm just constantly getting too much positive reinforcement and it is just not healthy for what we want to do with the game. And like, exactly. like you say, if you go in there and say something negative, the project's normally fine with it, but the pack holders, you just get absolutely piled on. So I like that idea of bringing them into kind of your closed community to give that valuable feedback. Yeah. And then kind of moving on from kind of a gaming community, you're next on a, me- a long list of different uh, avenues that you've gone down as well. But you touched on it a little bit near the start, but the next one is Nexus, which is kind of, well, not kind of, is a product. What can, what made you want to go from building a community, building this kind of gaming community into actually building a product? Yeah, of course. So a lot of people in my community, it's dark as it is. People have to consider it. I'm like the face of the my NFT community. So like the, I got random questions sometimes like what happens if what, what happens if you what, what happens if you, you know, like I something I, they go, bro, you could get hit by a car, bro. What happens? You know, I was like, OK, it's a dark thought, but it's true. You know, it, you never know. So I was they kind of a light bulb went off in my head like okay i have a successful community and like this really high sentiment like people are loving what we're providing over there but what about like something they can use 24 7 around the clock that doesn't rely sometimes on human capital like myself obviously there's developer work and stuff with a product but i kind of saw then okay i create content and on any one of my given videos you can look at my browser and i have about 30 tabs open different websites, different games, hop into Twitter, hop into Dapp Radar, hop into CoinMarketCap. It's like so like just the information overload on different places. And unfortunately, you have to go to these different places to source it. And I'm always the one to show you the data and show you what I'm looking at on the stream. So it kind of opened my eyes like, what if I had one core place to be able to present all this information and be able to also provide the best level information for an investor, NFT trader, a gamer to be able to make these informed decisions, leave reviews. Once again, the feedback issue, um, the transparent review system and get accurate data across all of these games and their assets. So that's where I saw the, the you know, the alley to be able to create this. And um, we're really close to our, our first launch. Our, our alpha launch should be live in December. So we've been working on this since literally January. So it's a long time coming, it feels like. Um, so it, it's going to be a nice moment to get that live and uh, we'll take that feedback and we'll we'll integrate it and then we'll go into our public launch uh, a little bit after that well good luck for december sounds very exciting but w- one word you've mentioned quite a lot throughout the the podcast already is data how why do you think so many people in the space including projects are so bad with data considering web3 is meant to be the electronic future kind of thing and how important do you actually see data why should people actually take note of it yeah so at the beginning of the gamefi cycle last time there were um and obviously these projects have gone by the wayside now so if you're listening to this don't go hop into these for for please but um back in the last cycle there was that horse racing game pegaxi i think everyone knows it um i got in early on that because i saw the uptick in transactions users wallets new wallets like i could like see the growth and you could tell it was heating up right so i I got in like two months before 
it imploded and it was only live for like a month before that so i got in like pretty early and once it was at its apex like the growth you could see it in the data that it was probably overheated but everyone was making money so they were like ah, i'm gonna just i'm gonna just stay involved right so um to me data like you can see those little things in the tea leaves we see pixels growing in daily active users on the ronin chain they've been absolutely crushing it and i think the problem for these projects it's all vanity it's marketing it's like where's the verification of these things so what we've done we've partnered up with a ton of games and we're going to streamline the epic game data we're going to streamline the steam data we're going to streamline the on-chain data and we're going to try to disseminate that to give you the most accurate feedback on you know how many users do these games have are they bots are they not right so we're going to try to fight that battle as best as we can um obviously there's some things we can't you know accurately do with bots with active wallets which that's where it gets a little tricky but i think for a lot of projects they don't focus on data but they focus on making you think they have more in their data than than what actually is so i think that's the problem is the lack of transparency in the data i know um someone was sharing a book recently on twitter i think one of the people mentioned it on a on the game twitter space uh, how to lie with statistics and I think that's pretty much yeah. that's pretty much crypto Twitter entirely. I think that was last week's gamified. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's true. And I think I had a chat with someone today who was talking about how most games talk about token prices and floor prices, and they don't talk about traditional Web two kind of KPIs for games. And they were like, that's so surprising. And I was like, well, it's not surprising. Their traditional KPIs are terrible. So they're obviously not going to run around shouting about them. Um, yeah, it's a great example right there. Like, you don't see an Echelon Prime, the token for Parallel, has done fantastic. Like, it's up 3x since, or more than that, since the hype started uh, in, like, the late summertime. But you don't see them running new all-time high. Look at the token. Like, you don't see Illu Illuvium's been around forever. They don't go talking about the token. Like, the real pro shrapnel tries their hardest not to talk about the token, right? But the games with a real value proposition, they know it's going to happen organically. If your game's out here talking about token price every day, I don't know. That That is a little bit of a, a red flag. I think those three were really good examples, actually, because even in the last week, it was amount of downloads. It was amount of games played. I think Parallel went through a ridiculous amount of um, rounds that have now been played. But like it's traditional gaming metrics. They're not kind of leaning so hard on the Web3 bit that they're trying to hide kind of their actual player base. But yep. in, in the start, you mentioned a couple of games and we've been dropping game names as we've gone through. What game do you think you've played most in your life? Call of Duty, hands down. <laughs> hands down. I mean, I, um, you know, I, I would have never gotten into it like I did, but I was, uh, I don't know, I, I was 13 or so, maybe 13. Uh, yeah, something like that. And my brother was home from college. He, he was, he's like eight, eight, nine years older than me. He was home from college at the time for like winter break. And I was so consumed in Halo 3. I thought Halo 3, and it, great game, great game, but <laughs> He was like, honestly, like the you're, he was like, I think you would love Call of Duty for Modern Warfare. I was like, okay, let's let's try it out. I fell in love with it. I then found online the major league gaming community, um, game battles. So like me and some friends, which then turned into us recruiting people from you know anywhere in the U.S. to play with us online. Uh, we were grinding the leaderboards, like the search and destroy game mode for the most part. 
and um it was fun man like I, I don't talk about this a whole lot but like we were in the weeds we were playing against people like nade shot skump like when they were in their teens you know what i'm saying like this was like very early esports and now those guys are like legends in, in like the esports sector so it was a fun time to kind of be involved in that um i i, def, I spent like six years really deep in the in the call of duty esports space so i'd, I'd definitely say that I think that sounds really nice. And I, I like the friends together slowly building the competitive side of it. I think that's a much more... See, I'm going to go oh, back in my day. But back in my day and what you've described, it was a lot more organic. Whereas now esports is something every game tries to push. But you, you can't force people to treat your game as an esport. It either happens or it doesn't. Uh, and you yep. need that organic kind of grassroots base that you're mentioning there. But that, that's a nice trip down memory lane. But if we look, come back to the future and then look towards what you've got coming up, you've already given us a little bit that might happen in December. But what are you excited for in the next three to six months? Honestly, we'll keep it aside from me. And, and my community hates me for this. I, I never liked, but I think it's it's the organic. I like growing organic on that side. So like when people discover, they'll they'll find out by word of mouth. You know, that's that's the best marketing. So they'll hate me. I'm not going to talk about Nexus or anything like that. But uh, like I said, we'll let the product speak for itself. That's what it's all about. So I'm most excited for the next three to six months. We could tangibly see either early access or full launches of five to six more uh, quality games. And the problem right now that we have in Web3 is player bases, for the most part, aren't sticky. Oh, this game's hot. This game's hot this game's hot so what do the players do they hop and they hop and there's not enough games with full-blown player bases yet to sustain themselves but for example once we have let's just say illuvium we have parallel we have big time which is crushing it currently we have shrapnel live we have off the grid live all of a sudden we have five different genres they all cater to very different people. We have a first person, a third person, an open world card, you know, uh, open world creature collector, which is an alluvium. Um, we have like a parallel and then a big time, which is the RPG. All of a sudden, those really in-depth, you know, those niche, those genre players and the grinders, they're going to have something for their appetite. Whereas right now, people don't know what they want in the games, right? And there's not always the right game for the right player. So like for me, there's not a first person shooter or a third person shooter I can jump into in web three and feel like I can play this full time. You know what I'm saying? I think in the next three, six, 12 months, we're going to see uh, those products finally pop up. I know shrapnel's going into like a, an early launch here on Epic games here pretty soon. So I'm just excited for the product because over the last 24 months, gaming was beat to shreds about where are the games? But then you tell them, go build a game in six months. Tell me how that goes, because that's, that's not going to happen, right? So like this, this industry needed time to mature. And I think the next three to six months, we're going to see some key things come out in the space um, and really start to turn some heads with the product. I think that's a great point. And the idea of needing time to mature is, I think it's where the bear's been a blessing because it's given people enough time that they don't need to worry about having to get something out of the door to catch the heat. They can just work on it. And like you say, now we're getting the results. We're getting those games which are coming out with enough that maybe you will stop and play with it. Maybe you do stay with that game because I am definitely one of those people moving game to game. Yeah. Nothing's nothing's kept my interest. Like I'm with you. And as much as I love mobile games and I cover them often, none of them have pushed me off Pokemon Unite. 
Like I will go back to that one after any Web3 game I've played. So I'm excited for when that's not the case. And exactly. just to be clear, I don't enjoy Pokemon Unite. It is now at this point entirely because I need to get the sticker for getting a certain rank every season. That is entirely the reason I play. So funny you say that. Um, I, I definitely stick to Web3 mobile games because I'm just like, I, for, I almost force myself to do it in a way. But like, there's enough where we can hop around and have some fun. Um, Scott from Wag Me Games, they're another mobile game. He talks about all the time. He's like, if I'm not playing Wag Me, the the Dragon Ball Z mobile game gets me in every time. He's like, I gotta get this freaking character or whatever the case is. I'd laugh every time. Well, I just saw. I think it was yesterday or the day before. He tweeted about that where he said, "I have completed it. I didn't enjoy this. I don't enjoy this game mode. I don't know anyone who does, but I have completed yeah. it." And I was like, "That's what you need. We don't have that kind of stickiness yet." <laughs> playing it exactly. even though you hate it um <laughs> but we we've covered so many bits that you're working on in the web3 and it's quite common to see on discord in twitter in any chat that you go in there's people who are fed up with web zero and they want to make the jump to web3 what would be your advice for anyone looking to switch permanently to working in web3 yeah, there's so many lanes and avenues you can take in this space. Um, projects are always looking for, you know, um, people that can boost different parts of their businesses. But the one thing I have to say is obviously it's a hype driven business. We're seeing this portal coin thing all over the freaking feed. We're, we're, it's all about hype, right? And sure, like hype is going to drive speculation, but hype is also going to drive overvaluations too fast. And what happens when that happens? If you ride the carousel to the top at the very beginning, you, your holders have already got the pinnacle. Everything from there, most of the time, what we see when it's overhyped, there's always a very sharp fall. And that's never a good situation to be in. So the one thing I've taken the approach of, and like I said, my community sometimes, they they kind of, it's, it's like not really mad at me, but they're like, you know, promote TTOO a little more, pr promote Nexus a little more. And we will get around to promoting Nexus as a product. I'll be using it on my streams and stuff like that. But the one biggest advice I can give to anyone in Web3 is there's so many opportunities. There's so much you can do. But if you overpromise and underdeliver, your community will never forgive you for that. So underpromise, overdeliver, and I promise you that value will reciprocate on the back end. That's the biggest advice I could give anyone who builds in Web3. Sounds like a great piece of our advice. And I think that to be honest, works anywhere. People need to manage expectations and then show that actually they've been holding back a little and they are really good. And then people who will have loved what you've been saying, you've definitely teased them with all sorts of bits of information they can get from you on a regular basis. Where's the best place to follow you? Yeah, um, obviously Twitter's a good source. You can find my videos there too. So 0xHustlepedia is my handle over there. And then in the game on YouTube uh, is the channel. So I do about three to four streams there a week, uh, all on the gaming niche. Oh, well, thanks for all the information you've shared today. It's been really enjoyable and I'm sure I'll catch you around in the space. Yeah, I, I see you out there crushing it on the on the content game. And I've, I've listened to some of these podcasts in the past. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to just be working in, in this industry with some great people, some great creators, and um, really looking forward to the next three, six, 12 months in this space and see where it goes. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more insights into the world of Web3 Gaming. And if you need to experience more Web3 Gaming content, check out 
whatsyourgame.com. Game with a three. And remember to look for games that you enjoy. And I'll see you next time.